Welcome to the Healing Fucking Sucks podcast with Jackie Hall. I'm your guest host, Lee Scott, because our guest today is Jackie Hall. Jackie, welcome <laughs> to your show. <laughs> Thanks, Lee. <laughs> How are no you problem. doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great. Good, so, good. It's a good idea to have me interview you rather than just talking yourself. There's enough videos right. on the internet of people just talking about themselves, I think. So let me just ask you who you are and why you're doing this show. Mm, who I am is a pretty broad question. Um, but uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I know you. The people, the, the millions of people out there don't know you. So I know. Let them have it. Let's just uh, sum it up here. Uh, okay. I am someone that has struggled with uh, mental health my entire life. I did not become aware of my mental health issues until later on in life. Probably in my 20s, I started picking up on on issues that I was having. Um, I'm now in my mid thirties and still struggling, um, repetitive decisions over and over in my life with people, um, things that I was doing, certain jobs, just repetitiveness, nothing changing. So I started out on a healing journey and started trying different, um, mental health um, techniques, medication, technology, um, therapist, you name it. And uh, this is stuff you kind of have to know about in order to start looking it up. And it's things that have started to really change the direction of my life. And so I kind of wanted to just share my journey with everyone and then, you know, bring people on the show that um, are very educated, like psychiatrists, um, psychologists. I have therapists coming on. They're literally from all around the world to talk about all these different techniques and kind of make it a one-stop shop for uh, people that are looking to heal from mental health or just looking to heal in general. Because mental health, I feel like we kind of, everybody has um, a little bit of mental mental health problems. Great. So where did the name come from? Um, <laughs> that's a funny story. I was trying to think of a name for my podcast, honestly, and nothing was really hitting home. And I woke up one morning and I was like, man, I was like, this healing fucking sucks. I was just like having <laughs> such a rough morning. And I was like, that's the name of my podcast. <laughs> so literally it was just born overnight, I guess. Very cool. So you said you had other people helping you, therapists and other professionals. Was it hard for you to ask for that help? Like what were the steps you had to take to even get to that point? Um, so when I was younger, I went to the doctor when I was like 18 and it was just, you know, like a family practitioner who I kind of opened up about with some of my struggles um, that we can go in detail about later. But he was like, yeah, you know, you're depressed and didn't really go into detail about anything. But that was my first um, medication that I had started on whenever I was 18. Uh, no therapy was suggested or anything like that. So. Um... <laughs> no, no, that, that's right. So it was just like, a, oh, you're depressed here. Take these pills. Like, fuck off. Is that, is that basically what they did? Or did the doctor just say like, oh yeah, you're depressed. Here's some pills. Now fuck off. Was that basically what it was? There was no other kind of like guidance with that yeah, medication early on? Yeah, that's exactly how it happened. Wow. That's crazy. Um, 
do you think part of the root of these problems is your childhood? Like, what was your childhood like? Were you your parents? Like, what, how did you grow up and how did that affect your mental health? 100%. Um, anyone who is really going through, uh, mental health issues, it's normally from some form of trauma and that trauma normally is from a really young age. You know, we have lived in a society that has just kind of taught you to just like, Oh, like push it down, push through it. Um, just kind of ignore that stuff. But what people don't realize is that later in life, all of that stuff is going to come up. So for me, I was running for a really long time from my childhood. Um, I was made to believe by the people that I was surrounded with that not really that my childhood wasn't all that bad, but that like everybody goes through it, you know? And then so um, they just kind of made it feel like it was uh, like nothing special and I shouldn't like focus on that or whatever. But like my childhood was shit. It was like 100% shit. And I know that my mother tried her best and my dad tried his best. But, you know, they come from trauma, too. And because of unhealed trauma, my trauma happened. So, you know, it's so important to... um, focus on trying to heal from your trauma, especially your childhood trauma. Um, My childhood was really abusive. It was no good communication at all. Never had like healthy communication. I didn't even know what that was until like my late 20s. Um, Everything had to be a fight. There was like molestation. There was like rape, not from my parents, but um, other people in the family. And my dad was an alcoholic. My mom was a drug addict. Like, it was a fucking shit show, you know? So, yeah, like, obviously I grew up with, like, trauma. Well, do you think the, the first step is the hardest to kind of acknowledge that and kind of examine that and make that revelation that, you know, you do have these issues and these issues are things you have to, like you said, the people were telling you just ignore it. You weren't special. Is that sort of the hardest step, the first step to kind of say no, actually, this is a problem. And this is something I need to address. Yeah, it is because you have to realize the effect that your childhood or your trauma has had on you. Otherwise, you cannot heal from it. And if you don't heal from it, you're going to stay stuck exactly where you're fucking at in life right now. And for me, that is not okay. I am someone who wants to move forward in life. I want to be able to enjoy my life. If I have to wake up every day and like not enjoy my life, or if I'm not going to figure it out, then I'm just simply not going to be here. Like there's no point. Right now in your, in your sort of struggles and your sort of journey, how much of this is like, you know, like you said, your childhood and trauma and how much could be like biological or like sort of baked into the Jackie cake from the get go, like an actual medical condition. Um, okay. So, like, it's kind of hard to explain because it it is genetic, but, like, it's genetic in a way that 
all of this was happening like when my mom, you know, was pregnant with me. So like when you're pregnant, your babies are already picking up on the abuse and stuff that is happening. So as soon as my brain started developing, like I already had trauma, I already had these issues that were uh, going on. And my parents also the same thing. Um, They just didn't have the doctors and help that I have now. Uh, Mental health was like not a thing when they were growing up and I don't hold anything, my childhood or none of that like against them. But at the same time, like I have to, you know, address these issues and face them like head on. Right. I mean, I asked that because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who do have issues or maybe recognize issues. But when they look back at their past, they don't see as overtly as you do that sort of pattern of trauma. And so it's, it's very possible for other people that there is not that level of obvious sort of trauma or obvious sort of triggers that, but it still means they're fucked up now. It still means they need help or could benefit from what you're talking about. Yeah. And that's why I think that therapy is so important. Like there's, when you grow up in abuse, when you get older, you allow abuse into your life. So I have a allowed people to abuse me and take advantage of me my entire life. Um, And a lot of it, people would be like, what the fuck? Like, why would you ever allow like some of the things that happened in your life or people to do these things to you like over not just once, but like over and over again. But for people that grow up in abuse, like you already grow up in like this level of abuse. So like, a lot of times you'll just be like, oh, well, it wasn't like it wasn't that bad, you know, and you'll shove it off. But if you talk to like a therapist or someone that actually knows what they're talking about, they're like, what the fuck? Like, no, right. this is bad. Like, it's bad, 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 bad. Right. And I'm sure you don't realize, too, sometimes you may be actually affecting other people by your actions and by what you're allowing to happen to you. Other people that may care about you, you're not realizing the impact on them. And that just kind of snowballs as you go through stuff as things get worse if you don't stop it and don't try to figure it out yeah 100 percent. i've definitely lost people in my life um due to keeping you know bad people around in my life but you know unhealed people attract unhealed people and hurt people attract hurt people so um it's hard for someone that does love and care for you in those situations to stick around and i totally get it um, but to be honest, I've never lost anybody that I've been like, I want those people back. So I'm good. <laughs> right. Honestly, I haven't. Usually the way it is. Usually the way it is. <laughs> people go for a reason. So that they don't just disappear out of randomness, you know? <laughs> right. Now, how, when, when you talk about therapy, like how do you go through therapy and like really get intensive with that and not let it sort of define you? Because I would imagine, I don't go to therapy. I've never done it. I can imagine though, that just kind of being there and making that a priority and making that a major focus of, of a lot of, you know, a big chunk of time of your week or your just mental space, kind of focusing on that, on those past traumas, on those things. How do you not let that define you? How do you stay focused on the goal of sort of moving past these things? So it's important to, the, you have to have a certain mindset going into therapy that you're going in to heal that you're not just going in to um, like talk to your best friend and vent to a third party about all the shitty stuff that is happening in your life. If you're not going in with the mindset of 
I'm going in here to heal, then you're not going to. Um, you have to be okay with knowing that you're going to go into therapy to open up past traumas so you can revisit those and face them and heal from them. Now, it's not just going to happen in one session, but I know people that have been going to therapy for years for the same shit. And it's like, okay, I, this has been like seven years now. Like it's time to move like, like past it. Like they either need an another therapist that has a different um, technique way of them being able to release this energy from their body, um, helping them learn how to forgive and forgive themselves um, for, you know, the guilt and shame that they constantly put on themselves for, um, you know, staying angry at these situations um, and trauma that they've been through. But yeah, it's definitely a mindset. What's the uh, what's the process for finding a, a therapist that not just a good therapist, but a good therapist for you specifically, because I'm sure there's a difference between a good therapist and a good therapist specifically for you. Insurance I, and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure it's difficult to find them. Yeah. Um, so if you even Medicare will cover for therapy. So like if you can't get like, you know, insurance coverage through your work, then try Medicare. Um, I know that California offers it. I I'm not really educated about all other states, but um, I luckily have a good enough job right now where I can, you know, get a therapist. But even before that, um, whenever I was on Medicare, like I had a good therapist then. But I always say it's kind of like dating, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, and the therapist will tell you in the open conversation, they will say, if you don't feel like we like connected or like this worked for you um, through this process, like you're, you can pick another therapist, you know, like that's kind of like the opening thing. So you don't feel like you're going to offend someone if you tell right. them like more trauma. <laughs> yeah. Like, I have exactly. my therapist. <laughs> oh no. And you so, know, and people, people go in thinking that too they're like oh but what if i don't like them and then how do i tell them i'm like just it's not working like you have to take <laughs> this shit serious like it doesn't mean they're a bad person it just means that their techniques that they're using are not working like i've outgrown so many of my therapists like they've only been able to help me to a certain extent and i'm like okay we've reached our max here at what you have to offer for me right. and i need to move on yeah I think that what you said was important about the sort of seriousness and like focus of it. Cause I think people, a lot of times in our society today are too focused on both things, not only just the past traumas and sort of blowing those up, but the idea of therapy and like that, just the action of therapy and going to a therapist or saying you're going to a therapist is sort of enough. You really have to do, you really have to focus on these things and take it seriously and go in it to win it. Yeah, 100%. This is your life. And it's going to be your experience of life. And it's like, what experience of life do you have or, or want to have? Well, I want to have a badass fucking life. Like, 
I don't want to have like a mediocre life. I don't want to deal with any more abusive people in my life. I'll be damned if I picked a, another fucking abusive friendship or partnership or anything in my life ever again. I mean, I'm talking about I loaded the fucking dump truck up and dump that shit off family members and all like good fucking bye see you <laughs> later because my mental health comes first and i don't give a fuck who you are i really don't i don't care if you're the president of the united states i don't care if you're my mom my dad which me and my mom by the way have an amazing relationship now um but i just i simply don't care i don't have time for it and you have to have that kind of mentality or you're not going to heal because you're going to keep shitty fucking people around that are just going to drag you down. They're going to keep the same um, mindset, the same inner toxic energy around you. Just like, ew, no, like I'd rather eat a pile of dog shit. Like I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. Joe, Joe Biden, get out of my life. Joe Biden, get out of here. <laughs> you're done. So, that's another tough question, though, which is that, you know, when you're when you're a nice person, see, you're a nice person. I'm yeah. not a nice person. It's very easy <laughs> for me. It's very easy for me from the get go to sort of get yeah. rid of people and like tell them off. And if I sense somebody's a dipshit in like 30 seconds, like I just tune out. But that's because people will say I'm very you know cold or selfish sometimes. So how do you do that balance of being a nice person and that where it's not natural to you to tell people to fuck off? or put yourself first, how do you do that without feeling like you're being a bad person at the same time? Well, you just have to know your worth and know who you are and, and know the value of you. There you go. That's it. Like that is that simple. <laughs> I guess I had a good appraisal early on. I found my value very early and I was like, you know what? I got this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what other, what other than therapists, what other kind of resources have been beneficial to you? Um, crazy enough because like, you've known me forever, um, psychedelics. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wasn't sure how much you want to talk about that because now that is a, an area unlike therapy that I do have a lot of experience in. And I, <laughs> and I will agree with you that not even on a non-medicinal level, that those things completely change, completely just change the way you see the world and your mindset and your emotions. I mean, I am so much of a better person now because I did that kind of stuff a while ago. I don't want to say a long time ago because like last year isn't a long time ago, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm completely for the psychedelics now. Um, and just for everyone listening or watching, I actually have not tripped yet. I have not hallucinated um, I have been low dosing ketamine. Um, I don't know if you know what ketamine is, if it's a psychedelic. Um, I think it's known as like the K drug and whatever else, like people use it on the street to get high off of, but doctors are using it for low dosing and also for in-clinic therapy where you actually like put an eye mask on and you put headphones on and you listen to a guided uh, meditation and you are there with doctors and nurses and um, they give you a dose that makes you trip. I haven't done that yet. I'm supposed mm. to go to Puerto Rico next month for that. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it's very interesting. You know, before like the 50s, 
the, you know, when they started playing with this stuff and like in like the fifties and like the late forties into the sixties, you know, there were at first, you know, medical applications for it, but then the other pharmaceutical companies, because a lot of these things are naturally occurring drugs, they kind of cut them off. And then the CIA took it over and tried to brainwash people with them and shit like that. But it's like, there's so much uncharted good those things can do for people. And I'm glad that they're starting to actually open it up, you know, in serious medical practices. To, to yeah. Do that. Doctors are actually, you know, noticing now. And apparently ketamine's been being used for the last 10 years, if not more, for depression and anxiety, which is what I'm using mine for right now and for my trapped trauma because my trauma has been so pushed under the rug for so many years. I've literally blacked out certain parts of my life that are just now starting to come up, even with the low dose. Um, I had to go have like a serious energy healing meditation, um, like work done because of some of the energy, negative energy um, that was like, for you know like me like i'm not like an angry person but this was just like pure anger and it was like stuck i don't know how to explain it but it was like stuck in my chest wow. and i hated it and i didn't know how to release it i couldn't let it go and it's because the ketamine has been opening up my subconscious and it's bringing these things to the forefront and so i didn't know how to like release that i was like do i need to go outside and scream i was like i don't know what i need to do right now i i live in a very quiet like no tolerance like you cannot be loud type of apartment complex so i was like obviously i can't do that at least here um but i went and had like a session done where i just focused on whatever trauma it was bringing up at the time and um was just like visualizing like releasing it from my body with some breath work and honestly felt like a hundred percent like different all right uh, let's go back you, you touched a little bit on it but let's talk more details about your family life growing up because it seems that that's a very key sort of aspect of you know your trauma and like where you had to start from and i'm yeah. sure it's the same for many people yeah um so my father, he was a raging alcoholic um, until I was around the age of probably five or six. I'm going to say five because that's when my mom like got remarried, even though like my parents were never married, but they just made us think that they were. I don't know. I, I feel like that really is like irrelevant <laughs> this day and age. Well, but <laughs> It might be a little bit, a little, uh, little bit relevant. Maybe, but... Um, and I specifically remember, I, I know that I've blacked a lot of it out, but I remember like cut to moments of me, like waking up and being with my mom at like someone else's house and her having like two very swollen black raccoon eyes, like shit you see in hillbilly movies because i am from the south and i lived that fucking life like that was me hi i'm jackie it's nice to meet you all right <laughs> uh, we should be laughing it's not funny we shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> it's not well you know what laugh your way through the fucking pain guys it's okay to laugh at it as long as you do eventually address it and take it serious just laugh through that fucking shit laughter is medicine okay 
Um, but so anyways, my mom remarried to a, <laughs> is what we're going to call him piece of fucking shit. How do you spell um, that? Him, it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's, <laughs> uh, a lot of H's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a ill at the end. Um, but she did remarry. I had three step siblings, and he ran drugs in and out of our house. Like, like good guy, amazing guy. I uh, never had a connection with him. Fucking hated him. Like, still don't care if he's dead or alive till today. Like, it was a very odd relationship and my mom and I had even more of an odd relationship because I was like at the age six or seven where she would take me into their bedroom when he was gone to work and show me the drugs and she would be like you see this right here like this is why you don't do stuff like this like this is bad and I'm sitting here going but we're living with them and like you're in and married to this guy like it didn't make any fucking right. sense in the brain guys because it well, didn't make it doesn't sense. it doesn't make any sense <laughs> it's a bad idea bad it's one idea thing to tell your kids like don't smoke crack it's another thing to say look at this crack that's in your house that pays the bills it's a different 100 percent. sorry mom my mom is a hundred percent like changed now but um uh, yeah, she 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 owns it all now, so it's all it's all Gucci. We're good. Um, but my dad just turned to uh, another addiction, which was religion. Like, fuck my fucking ball sacks. It was gnarly. It was Pentecostal holiness. Pentecostal. It was doing backflips down the middle of the fucking pews in church. Like people speaking any, in any tongues. Any snake stuff? No, snakes I, and stuff. I, I never saw a snake, but I think that was, you know, I think that was the least bit of my problems, especially when my father had me and my brother in my grandma's house, which was his mother. It's even weird calling her grandma because, like, I never had a relationship with her, but whatever. Technically, she's a grandmother. Um, she was a preacher of this holiness Pente Pentecostal church, so, you know you rarely hear of like women preachers but in the pentecostal religion it's like a thing mm. and they would have people over where they would be performing exorcisms on these people mid living room and they would have me and my brother go in the bedroom and they would say stuff like you know if you're not right with the lord when we do these exorcisms that like the demons can come out and just go right into you that sounds a little, little traumatic, a little scary for a kid. Like, and then you know how much I used to love like horror movies. Like, obviously, that was like a trauma response because I was all into the paranormal stuff and all and like the, you know, exorcism like styled stuff for the well, longest so time. And, and and it's because I felt a comfort with it, even though it was a bad comfort, a negative comfort. I still felt comfortable there, which is the same reason why I've stayed with toxic people. It's a comfort for me. Right. Um, but so yeah. You, so, you, so you're saying you literally, if, if, if things are good, you're like, what the fuck's going on? What's going on? Why, why are things normal? <laughs> what 
this is weird as fuck. Where other people are like, no, Pentecostal exorcisms and meth dealers in your house is weird, Jackie. Not the other way around. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know that now. (laughs) Okay. Okay, good, good. (laughs) Which is why, you know, I'm in my healing phase now and I'm not dating and I'm not trying to make new friends or anything like that because I don't trust myself yet. Not 100%. Um, there's certain things that I have realized like that, but you know, like before, if I was ever trying to even date somebody that was like halfway normal, I was like, there's no drama here. Like people aren't cheating on each other. Like there's no fist fighting. There's like, I'd be like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm bored. <laughs> it's just not good. So yes, t- tell us again how, how you are avoiding any sort of big decisions and emotional entanglements while you sort this out because of the Pentecostal exorcisms and the meth dealing. (laughs) It's like, it's like you had like Pentecostal exorcisms, meth dealing. It's like, that's a full Southern experience. (laughs) Most people only get one of those things. You got it all, baby. I also came out a redneck translator, you know, everybody's like, can you speak two languages? I like, yeah, I got redneck for you, baby. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's a a real thing. People underestimate that, but it's true. God. Go back to the other point you were making about the being careful to move on to new things based on what you did in the past. Yeah. Right now, I'm very careful to move on to anything until I feel like I have at least a a prominent like standpoint in my healing because I'm just going to keep bringing the same shit into my life. I'm going to keep attracting the same people. I'm going to keep bringing in the the same energy. Um, You know, I feel like once I'm healed, my dog will even stop pissing on my couch. (laughs) I wouldn't hold your (laughs) breath on that one. I know, I know that dog, but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me ask yeah. you this. How will you know? How do you think you'll know when that time is right? Like that you're actually healed or will you ever truly be a hundred percent healed? Or is it always sort of a process? Nobody is ever a hundred percent truly healed because once you heal from something, just something else comes back up. But um, I do say that there is a point to where you become so self-aware and so aware of your subconscious and your traumas that they're easily more easily healed. Um, you're like, you can pinpoint it. Um, but when you're first starting off, you know, this is shit that you've been dragging around with you for decades and it's heavy and it's not easy to let go of. It's been a part of you. It's been a part of your character. It's been a part of your fucking story. It's been who you have been. It's been why you have done everything in your life up until this point. But I do think that I will know because I have done the work on the inside and I will be able to feel a difference mentally, physically, spiritually. So now tell me, Jackie, for this show, 
after I'm gone. I will not be here every week, sadly. I know yeah. that's a big bummer for a lot of the audience, but <laughs> what kind of guests are you, what kind of guests are you going to have? Like what kind of people are going to come on your show? And what what do you want people to take from this experience? Um so as to answer your first question about what type of guest I'm going to have on the show. I'm going to have guests from anywhere from psychiatrists to psychologists to therapists to mental health activists, people who uh, specialize on uh, stuff like narcissism or um, dreams, um, stuff like that. You know, there's so many, it's like a lot of people when they're on their healing journey, everybody is so different. A lot of people have like a lot of weird dreams and stuff. I don't have that, but there's people out there that specialize on that. And I have somebody coming on the show for that. Um, I literally have people from Australia coming on the show. I have people from, um, Puerto Rico. Um, all these people are talking about different, uh, techniques, or medication or spiritually uh, ways of releasing, um, you know, listen to your body. Like if something's anger or being able to, they all provide services in other words. So you can come onto the show and I feel like what's going on with you and you connect with something or someone on my show, you should check out their services because if you're connecting with it, I feel like that's a way of your body saying like, Hey, like maybe this is for me. Right. And then your second question was, what do I want people to get? What do I want for people to get out of the show? I want people to get fucking healing. Right. You, you kind of answered it. Cause like, that's the point is that you're going to introduce people to these ideas that are interested or maybe think this might be something they can do, but there's maybe a, a treatment or a method or a whole way of looking at it. They don't even know about you oh. yourself. It's kind of like the way things work. Yes. 100%. People that are scared to go talk to their doctors. Like, you know, I'm a teacher right now and uh, most of my students know that I'm a mental health therefore um, if they just were a doctor about this and they'll be like, no, I'm scared. And I'm like, there's no reason to be scared. Like that's what they are there. Throw medication at you and not therapy. Like, but it's, you need a balance between the both, between the, the chemical and the therapy. Um, because <laughs> there's so many things that factor in our chemical brain health these days, as far as what we're using too many drugs, um, whenever you were younger or something like that, it can be a list of things, but it all comes down to your chemicals being off. So um, a lot of people's brains don't um, produce the right amount of chemicals that are needed to feel like a normal fucking human. And that can be due to trauma. That can be due to you to, well, if your if your chemicals are off and you're not firing in the, the right sectors of the brain that you need to, then you're not going to feel normal. And a lot of people right. self-medicate, they drink, they do drugs, um, you know, uh, whatever their choice of poison is, they're just trying to feel better. Right. Well, hopefully they can come to you and get some advice. But 
with the psychiatrist and me doing like my uh, ketamine and stuff like that, that will all be recorded. Um, I know that's something that can be really scary for people. And I want people to see like a me do it and to see somebody who was terrified to like go into doing that and doing it and see what the outcome is. Well, thank you. You know, help me out here. So um, before we leave and before the hurricane takes you over, tell everybody who you are. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm uh, Lee Scott. I'm a film director. Uh, I've made movies like the movie Transmorphers you may have heard of. It's a huge hit. It's one of the 100 best films of all time, for sure. Um, last couple of years, I made some Christmas movies for like the Hallmark Channel kind of stuff. And I just completed two science fiction sort of fantasy films <laughs> down in the Caribbean, where I still am right now, on the island of St. Kitts, which is right in the middle of Hurricane Lee. Ironic. X. 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 That's right. Oh, my God. Really, Scott. L A I G H. So it's the it's real, real Lee Scott really or Scott. real? Not to be confused with all okay, the fake so Lee Scott's. Real so Lee Scott. Really Scott. Okay, on X. And then, yeah, he doesn't really use um, like Instagram or Just anything real. all that much. But no, the real. Yeah. Go follow him, everyone, yep. and thank him for coming on to the show and helping us out today. And remember, healing does fucking suck, but it is so worth it, everyone. And we will see you all later. Bye.